Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Always Making. Just getting started down here in the studio. We have our guest, Katie, from Woolly Mountains. We met up at the uh, Brighton, or it's the, sorry, it's Brighton. Big Cottonwood <laughs> Canyon <laughs> Flea Market. <laughs> BCC. Yeah. <laughs> Brighton Resort. At the Brighton Resort. But I Big always Cottonwood get those Canyon, two. Yeah. Um, that was one of our Sunday sh- uh, shows we were doing over the summer. It was great to get up there because it's nice and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we've also met great people like Katie. But Katie, we want to introduce you and Wooly Mountains and everything you do. Tell us a little bit how you got all started with your creations. Oh my gosh. My my daughter is three now. And when she was like, when I was pregnant, I just needed stuff to do. And so I started to think of ideas that like, how can we do open-ended play? How can we upcycle? How can we like not have all new plastic or new things like how can we just continue to use what we already have and little kids just go through clothes and things so fast it was like let's make something that's both decorative but also open-ended play and that's i became woolly mountains and they were weighted with a little bit of corn and they're stuffed with raw wool as well so they're super eco-friendly but it helped her with sitting when she was like 18 months and then to now that she's a toddler like i can put them next to her bed so she doesn't roll out of bed or in the doorway because she slams doors right now which is (laughs) not ideal (laughs) so for those of you who can't see it is little mountains made out of wool yeah 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 well the (laughs) crazy part is you're spinning your own wool is i do but that's not for the woolly mountains but okay it's, it's good to know that our clothing and the mountains they all start with thread and they all start with a raw material that is spun and then you make fabric and then you make clothing so that's where our clothing starts and not at target and so, so with your own spinning what are, what are you using the spinning uh material for i i've been spinning for probably a decade or so and I have six nieces and my daughter makes the seventh and so for Christmas I always make hats and gloves or shirts or just whatever so so far I'm not selling anything that I'm spinning because people don't understand that like it takes so much time to spin it and then so much time Mm -hmm. to make a product and then to sell a product they just don't understand all that process yeah Yeah. and so when you're at the shows you bring your wheel with you you're spinning is that part of just kind of your education process to kind of teach people about that whole process yeah and, and to just, you know, like to upcycle and just to have a better appreciation for the clothes on our back and for using it, use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without, you know, so continue that cycle and to just educate people and to, it brings people in. Kids are always curious. It's mm-hmm. like a forgotten tool. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I've started to see it pop up a little bit on Instagram. I've, you know, seen some people who weave and spin and things like that, but definitely not something that you see often, yeah. especially in in real life in person at markets. Yeah, like it's 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 really meditative to do and I can't do it with a toddler at home <laughs> right now, so I'm just like, yes, I can do it again while I'm at the market. <laughs> Where does one find a spinning wheel nowadays? Like, is that something oh I can just gosh. go on Amazon and, you, and buy? You really? Can. They, do, okay. they do sell. And I, I've seen some on like Facebook Marketplace. But spinning wheels are always between like six and eight hundred dollars. OK. So, wow. They're, okay. It's, expensive. Yeah. it's like a sewing machine. Like yep. it's an expensive tool. specialty tool. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, what did you buy yours from a store? Found at Facebook Market? I like, didn't. Handed down by family? No. So, I mean, like. 
I don't know. I don't even know years, but like so, so many years ago, it was at USU to see my friend's um, exhibit that he was a part of for the anthropology department. And there was also a fiber textile exhibit going on. And so there were some, an older couple that were doing some wet felting. And I'm like, I want to do that. Like I was in between jobs, didn't know what I want to do with my life. And I was like, this is going to be my new hobby. (laughs) And so I started with two sharpened pencils. (laughs) Wow. Really? And some, yeah, and some yarn because I wasn't, I wasn't fully committed. So I'm like, let's just do pencils. I have pencils. I can go pick up a ball of yarn and just see, see what happens. So I started with knitting and then wanted to learn how to make, make wool or make yarn. Yarn. Yeah. <laughs> so just with the pencils, you're talking like what would be like a substitute for knitting needles. Yeah. In this, okay. Yeah. And, um, Let's before we even get into your craft. <laughs> okay, there's so much just like I know. Right it's like, just what are we... we switched out a rabbit hole already. Yeah, <laughs> history of creativity. Uh, I just found out you were uh, a chef for ten years. Yes, and so you're also a massage therapist. Yes, you're doing this. Where yes. did all the creativity start? You know, when I was a little kid, I I was adopted from El Salvador and came to the states at six months so I had heard a second language so a lot of times we have pictures of me and I would just be like staring into space or just staring at my hands just kind of like in awe of my hands and my mom had always told me like you'll just you'll be good with your hands you know and so I've always like held on to that like statement of just just being creative and I've always just been crafty my mom had her own business um, doing quilts she did wall hangings and quilts and yeah that's kind of where it started um she died when i was 16 and i i didn't do any quilting or embroidery or anything after that because it just was too painful yeah and so it's just weird how you meet the right person you have a child and all the things come back like i was i never yeah it just all kind of came back together and so this is all pretty recent that this has all happened yeah so i've only been in business for like a year okay and so what was that push to instead of it just being that hobby make it into the business side of things so a co-worker at a spa that i worked at she was an esthetician i was a massage therapist she had a jewelry side business and i kind of just always fiddled with wool and so she started her business and was like you should really do it and i'm like i don't know and so i would put things on my personal instagram of like what i was making or what i was doing being excited to be a new parent during covid and after covid it was kind of like well what should i do with my time now because i'm a full-time parent and i'm not doing a ton of massage work or anything else so this was a great way to finally come back and be like a complete person because like being a brand new parent is very like over (laughs) overcoming it's wonderful but there's it's just a lot (laughs) we we will be experiencing that shortly (laughs) yes i don't want to scare you it is the best thing ever i you know you'll just you didn't know you could love somebody so much besides your partner and sometimes you love your child more than your partner and it's just this crazy thing but it's also hard as a mom and even even if you're a working mom but just realizing that like who's like you lose your identity in, in a sense like the things that I could do before my child am I still wanting to do that is it still a priority is it not or like just even trying to figure out how to 
make your house kid friendly so they're not getting into things we have a lot of sharp things <laughs> down yeah. here yeah. and a lot of tools so a lot of definitely work to do yeah. on that <laughs> forefront yeah when we have some time before it's crawling around and, yes. <laughs> and climbing it, it happens things. really quickly like yeah. sit on the floor and everything that you think is dangerous <laughs> Fix that. <laughs> and then kneel on the floor and then, and then reconsider <laughs> your life choices. And then eventually it's just mayhem. You just, you just... get into everything. <laughs> so finding time to create and make and everything, how has that yeah. been that balance of the motherhood and this? Because the child inspired it this did. whole thing. It totally, it totally did. Like when she hit two and she was napping a little more, it was like, okay, like now this is my time. Like, what do I want to do with it? But it's always a toss up. Do I take a shower? <laughs> do I clean the house or do I get crafty? And a lot of times it goes to crafty because you've got to be able to have some like Zen, some meditation, yeah, some that creative just outlet. Self, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when you have an idea, you kind of just have to get it out too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I we we definitely know that. And like I think t- today <laughs> it's been that back and forth in between all of the stuff. It's like, oh, we're gonna try this today, or I'm gonna mess with this. And yeah. so like the table this weekend, I don't know. We were doing a bunch of different projects, but on our social media this past week, and I think there was like ten projects on the table. And I just yeah. real quickly like panned over with the camera. I'm like. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so got this something. to do. There's something to do. Yeah. We're always doing something. But yeah, finding that time and balance. You've now, what we're now talking. You've done five shows, six shows. Is that I'd like, or it's... am I? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't even counted. So I did. I did one show a month this summer, starting in June. So we've got June, July, August, September, and then I did three shows in September with B- um, BCC. So that would be six. Okay. That would be six, and then I did Penny Lane as well in Sandy. I did one of their shows, so that would be seven. So I did seven and shows. Penny Lane is one of the like, like that's where like, you set yeah, set your thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a three day market. You go in and you set up and you leave it. Yeah. It, I think they take roughly eighteen percent off the top. And but they do all the marketing and all the the sales the sell selling, <laughs> and so I get to be a parent. So that was kind of like my goal was to get to something like that. And I just got into Salt and Honey, and I will be there this entire week, Monday to sa- Sunday, at ninth and ninth. So just awesome. so anybody listening, this is actually going to be after yeah, that you're there. Oh. Unfortunately, <laughs> so just so no, uh, everyone knows. <laughs> Like, uh, but the the possibilities of being in their yeah. future, and if you guys are mm-hmm. local to the area, Salt and Honey is a very awesome local, mm-hmm. like, f- forward shop that helps a lot of local small business artists and stuff with that. Yeah. But what I want to get into with the markets, this is a new thing for you. What has your experience been like? It's been super positive. It's been super fun. It's exciting to sell something that you're so passionate about that like I made this, I created this and have somebody else be like, oh, I love this. And they want to touch it and hug it. And you're just like, yes. <laughs> but then on the, on the other side, you're like, now I got to make more. <laughs> so it's a, it's a bit of like, I don't know, just crazy excitement. <laughs> what would you say you've probably learned the most from doing the market so far this summer? In terms of doing markets or running your business or balancing, you know, things in your life, how whatever it may be. Um, like the definitely like ba- trying to figure out how to balance things. Like I am super grateful for the time that I get away from my child, but I am super grateful to come back. So it's you got to have both. Like mm-hmm. like 
Yeah, like it's fun to tell the story over and over again that it started with her. And to also be grateful to be up there <laughs> by myself and be able to go home and be a parent again. So, yeah. Yeah. So, these are your smaller creations. We've yeah. seen at your booth you have mm-hmm. larger creations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest piece you've done so far? Um, I don't know measurements. <laughs> About look... yay big? Yeah. <laughs> yes. We can look at my website, which I like, oh, God. It's awful. But, yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. And so, with that being said... Uh, time and process like are the smaller ones kind of easier to pump out or is it about the same for your larger pieces to the smaller pieces about time wise and effort that goes into both of them so they're made from blankets and from sweaters and so it just depends on like the material that I have and I want to use as much as I can before it goes to waste Mm -hmm. so it kind of started out with like big mountains because I liked the bigger mountain idea but if you take like a general t-shirt or something and do like a big mountain then it's like okay now I have just the arms like what can I do or Mm -hmm. or if I decide to do like a smaller mountain I still have like the reverse um, negative space from that cutout so it's it's been really kind of beneficial to just kind of make them at random and still use that smaller mountain because it was just like now I've got different price ranges because it's always mm-hmm. hard to decide like do you go just big do you go big and small and how do I stay true to it being Lily Mountain so I've tried to stay with only like three or four designs and then just kind of change the sizes so that way like I'm not having to be more creative like (laughs) like I think sometimes we can get overwhelming with our creativity of like let's jump into this puddle or into this puddle of different mediums and I'm trying to stay consistent with one so that way my branding has more cohesiveness yes (laughs) yes I was thinking for the word in my head I was like is that the right word (laughs) it works um The your child inspired what you did, what you're creating. What was the reason for mountains? Why not like monsters or creative animals or or all that stuff? But the mountain side of things is like what you're like. You go to your booth. We're gonna see a bunch of mountains made out of this. What was that kind of? I love nature. I love camping. Um, I went camping when I was like seven months pregnant. It was a little rough. I was like, oh my goodness. So consider your choices wisely. <laughs> but like, I just, I just love it being out in nature and I feel really grateful to be in downtown Salt Lake, but also be so close to the mountains yep. at all the times. And growing up in Logan, Utah, I was also really close to the mountains, but it was like before phones where my mom would drop me off at the canyon in the morning and pick me up in the evening. <laughs> and and, she, and I just, I would make it there every time. And I was like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the days, man. Time for dinner. <laughs> Parents had no idea where we were, no, what we were doing yeah. for hours right? on end. <laughs> oh man. Well, the mountains are are very cool, and mm-hmm. they definitely like you, you at especially at the uh, BCC flea um, yeah. show. The mountains, the yeah. mountains behind it, all the. It was the stuff. perfect great, venue for yeah. me yeah. to and be in the mountains, selling the mountains. Yes. <laughs> for material wise, your your sweaters, blankets. <laughs> how do you source your material? My neighborhood knows that I'm the wool person. (laughs) So in 2018, or I think it might have been the beginning of 20, yeah, 2018, my neighborhood, um, I live in the the base of the avenues next to, in front of Memory Grove Park. And we have a well right there, and it was underground, and they were partitioning to move it above ground because they needed to do maintenance and to update it. And... 
there just was a lot of neighborhood fight back about it and so <laughs> i yarn bombed four trees oh, and nice. and did this huge yarn bomb thing and like put it into a lot of different like crafting stores and like knit stores to to be um you know, to save the trees. So, so and that so then my neighbors who all found out about it and I ended up being <laughs> on the news for it. <laughs> and it was pretty cool. I did save one tree and we did make the building like a third of the original design, design. that they were going for. And so the neighborhood just knew that I was the wool person and so like the neighbors would bring me stuff that they felted or that they're like, if this isn't going to work anymore. And my own um, spinning and knitting community gave me stuff too. So I've just kind of just collected stuff. I'm like, cool. <laughs> I just, okay, now let's do something with it. Nice. Well, very cool. For people listening and watching, yarn bombing. What What is yarn, yarn bombing? bombing? Yeah, we know what it is, yeah. but yeah, for people who don't know. So I think it, I think it kind of started in the UK. Um, there are big knitters over there, and yarn bombing is when you take... It doesn't have to be a political stance. Mine was a political stance. <laughs> but it can be, like, just a public area where you, like, you know... I yarn bombed trees because it was... I was saving the trees, and so I made knitted sweaters around the tree. You could do it around this microphone where it's not hurting the microphone or anything. I'm not causing, like, a long-term graffiti. It's just a short-term mm -hmm. statement. And so, so. how big are we talking yeah. knitting wise? Like, oh man, I mean, how long did that like, take you? You should look it up. It's on. It's on. Yeah. Is it on like KSL? It, it, if, we, if we search, yeah, like, it should be. Yeah, because I was in, I was in the Desert News. Okay. So I was on the front page of the Desert News. Okay. <laughs> um. So it was four trees. Um. And one was pretty big around, like probably like this big around of a tree base, and like maybe this this long for one of the bigger ones. Um. So we're talking. So about, like about three four feet by three feet maybe yeah, so yeah. three feet yeah. in diameter maybe yeah. Yeah. So, yeah so there were two trees about that size and then um two that were, were skinnier and they were old sycamore trees that i was saving okay so and how long did it take yeah. you to like knit these oh, little man. like tree sweaters basically <laughs> so <laughs> not I, little big tree sweaters i had the idea we knew that it was coming and they started kind of interviewing or the news interviewed some of the neighbors about like what we thought about what was happening and we were just very upset because it's a historical neighborhood and yeah. and they wanted to put like a Starbucks in the middle of the park and it's like this is not a good exhibit to show people like this is this is not okay it's yeah. too yeah. modern for an old neighborhood <laughs> so I started in like January and I just made some flyers and took them to some of the craft stores that I like to go to and others and just kind of mailed it out to some of my friends that are knitters and I'm like hey like who wants to like help save trees with me and donate yarn and help knit a square or something and it turned out I got a lot of donations for yarn but I did all the knitting <laughs> wow. so I was like okay <laughs> so it was from January um until April 19th which is um Earth Day okay or, or maybe it's Arbor Day Arbor Day and Earth Day are like a week apart yeah I don't remember so which is I which. can't remember which one comes <laughs> first but that's that was the week that I was gonna do it because yeah. it just had like a lot of meaning already mm -hmm. for Arbor Day mm -hmm. for trees so so yeah I just started in yeah, in January to April. To April. Wow. So of just straight knitting. Of just straight and knitting. Getting it. And then... Yeah. So I'm... Is there... Is there any, like, risk <laughs> to, like legal like, I mean, there definitely, so, there definitely can when you're doing okay. public property yeah. that you're not asking permission <laughs> to do something. So we, we had friends over and... 
I gave them dinner and beer and was like, hey, like, do you want to come back over at like 10 o'clock black, at night? Black yeah. <laughs> so we all wore black and just set it all up in the middle of the night. And I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell any of my neighbors yeah. that I wanted to do this. And I just did it. And I was That's like, awesome. it was just so liberating to like have a voice because I'm really shy and awkward but you don't see that side but I totally am because I stutter and get all nervous but um it just was fun to do something about it because it's like I I don't have I didn't have any other means to like contribute um like just smart wise otherwise and so it was really cool because I ended up being on the news we had the mayor come down because it was a mayor election so both mayors came to talk to us and like it just kind of opened the door that like this yep. was super important to all the neighbors and now like I'm close with all my neighbors and we've been in the neighborhood for 15 years already oh, wow. so, so it was just kind of like we all kind of did our own thing and you say hi but you don't really go beyond mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. now like we're all sharing beers and having barbecues so it's it's been like a wonderful thing the, <laughs> that's this amazing is, yeah the, uh, super amazing and awesome because there's two things to that that like kind of resonate with everything we do is the community aspect yeah as artists and some of the other guests we've had on the show art community is important and it, it helps yes. grow it helps inspire it helps do this but also like doing art with a statement yeah and, and like you might think you didn't have the ability to make change with your art, but yeah, your you art totally made did. a huge <laughs> impact did. for everybody in that neighborhood. It totally and, did. And, and it spoke louder than the, the all the the neighborhoods that have like backgrounds in like well design or backgrounds in like soil research to make you know, all the all of my neighborhood like the older generations had all this like bigger like job and research papers, <laughs> research and, papers yeah, to be like oh, read all this stuff yeah. but nobody was listening and no. so until i decided to be really quiet but really loud without <laughs> using my own voice but by my art it was it was amazing that's really, <laughs> it was yes, really yes. amazing it is really cool to so hear. i had, I had planned to only yeah. do it for like a week because i was so nervous about like getting arrested <laughs> or having like it yeah, being yeah. a negative thing so right. I, 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 I put a tag like a big t tag on it so that you could come up to the tree and read it about like this is why it's here this is like who um helps provide wool for me and i left out last names it's only first name so it stayed private mm-hmm. but just kind of like this is why we're doing it and so yeah, I kind of was trying to like ask forgiveness at the same time, <laughs> and then the neighborhood loved it, and they're like, "Why did you take it down?" So it went back up. I think it went up for the whole summer that year, and then I think part of the next year. <laughs> and and there awesome. was so, actual change mm-hmm. created yeah. by your art, which is very cool and inspiring. And it, for any artist out there thinking that yeah. they might have this little piece that might not make change. Mm-hmm you don't know what the impact is you on don't. the community around if you. you. If you have that inkling that I should maybe do something, listen to it and do it. You will never regret it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll yeah. never regret it. And you just have no idea like the impact that you'll have. And hopefully it will always be positive and you'll inspire other artists to, you know, put it forward on their own thing, you know, that yeah. like they want to mm-hmm. stand up for something else or if they want to just be more creative. Yeah. Like, and it, just go for we it. Are, we are not saying anything. Disclaimer here. Do not do anything mm-hmm. illegal. <laughs> Don't do anything illegal. But, Don't do anything uh, dangerous and, and, or destructive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 
there are ways and exactly like what you did it it was non-destructive it made a statement and there was some really big change which is really cool to hear yeah. and again I, we didn't know that yeah. <laughs> our, our first conversation so. really, this, this is one of the fun parts i love about having the conversations with artists mm-hmm. not in a booth but like in this environment is that we learn so much about each other that we do not just trying to sell a product there right. was a, like right. there was no intention for you selling trees like sweaters I mean, there are still felted trees because I still yeah. am passionate about my trees. Yeah. But like. But that's it's very cool mm. to see and, and to hear that that's a thing that you did that before this even became yeah. a thing for you. Um, with everything going uh, forward with what you're doing, because we're now just about a year mm-hmm. planning like bigger projects, other things. Is there other stuff you're looking at potentially creating as we get further into your creative career with this you know the best part of creating and doing shows is that your your customers and your clients will are coming to you to be like hey like you should do ornaments and i was like <laughs> okay well, <we laughs> and have I, those three there yeah, that we so purchased it for totally, yeah <laughs> for and it totally nursery, came yeah. from like other people coming and approaching me like that they wanted ornaments so it's nice I love stickers, but I also, like, I know stickers aren't necessarily always eco-friendly either, mm-hmm. but it was, like, it is nice to sell small things where it's, like, I still want to, you know, promote what you're doing, and I still want to support you, but I can't afford, like, a big mountain, so, like, mm-hmm. can you sell something smaller? And so it's, like, okay, like, there's, I can, I can resonate with that, that, yep. like, that's a, that's something that could happen, and so it also gave me another avenue on, like, what else I could do with my scraps, so... After I cut out a mountain and do small mountains or trees, like it gave me another something that I could use my small scraps for. So it's like everything that I have material-wise is just a one. It's a one-off, and so if I can use as much as I can before it does turn back into scraps and just what I use for stuffing for mm-hmm. the product. So it was kind of cool. So kind of full circle with everything you do, and you like nothing yeah. is really going to waste from no. any of your products. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's great because we have talked on on here about what is our eco footprint for okay. anything we're doing, what we're trying to create. There is always an offset of potential waste and trying to say, hey, how do we not do this? I'm like right now testing uh, leather in a press over here mm-hmm. with uh, Christy scraps mm-hmm. from her toe caps that she makes. I'm like, okay, can I try something different and maybe make a smaller item out of those pieces? Explain kind of that process for us when it comes to... Uh, creating one of these mountainscapes. So we kind of talked about it, shirts, blankets. Yeah. But like what kind of goes into your thought process and getting to where they're at, kind of creating the shapes you want, inspiration for them. How does that all go for you? <laughs> so my my creating space is a lovely f- carpet floor, hopefully with no <laughs> toys in the way. <laughs> and I just take a piece of yarn that because I always have yarn balls around and just take a piece of yarn and just kind of like freeform a mountain or a tree and kind of like, okay, I like this or this one should be lower. And then I just cut. Like I don't even trace. I don't have patterns. It's just kind of like... It just happens. <laughs> well, I think that kind of shows with the whimsical yeah, style it. of it, for yeah. sure. That there it feels is that. very organic. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like the ornaments, the ornaments um, are just sewn straight straight together. Mm-hmm. And so some of my first mountains were sewn just straight together because I'm, I'm new to relearning how to use a sewing machine. And so, like, this little mountain is, like, progress because... 
I sewed it inside out and then flipped it so it has right. the smoothness because not all of them are smooth because I just I've had to learn how to sew better. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's been kind of fun just to, to watch me improve my ability to to use a sewing machine and hand sewing or hand embroidery. Yeah, absolutely. I did notice I love the hand embroidery on the tops of these mountains we have here. For those who can't see, so we've got a little mountain in front of us with um, just little like flowers, leaves, stems kind of embroidered kind of look on the like tops. Snow caps to yeah. the yeah. yeah, and white thread on the tops of the mountains. Yeah, exactly. Super cute. And then, of course, the three ornaments that we got for our nursery from you that I love a little sheep and a tree and an owl. Um, a mushroom. mushroom. I mean, sorry. A sheep, a mushroom. <laughs> mushroom. Sorry. <laughs> yes, sorry. So how, obviously, your stuff is very inspired by nature. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, do you do, or do you have any plans to do more shapes, more designs, different lines of products, or seasonal items, non-seasonal items? Is there any? Like, for me, personally, I'm not, I've never been, like, a huge... Uh, holiday person and so when I got asked to do ornaments it was like I knew that I could still do nature ornaments that like made it so you could use them year-round or for your nursery and not mm-hmm. just for Christmas so I'm trying to stay like away from like holiday mm-hmm. holiday <laughs> but um I don't know I mean so I did so at the last market I don't I don't know if I had any at the market you guys were at but I had sheep I had like a big black sheep and mm-hmm. then a gray sheep and it just made sense because like woolly mountains mm-hmm. and my love for sheep and wool I'm like well it's just we, there should be sheep like there should be an animal and it should be a sheep that's very cool <laughs> so yeah. I feel like there'll be more sheep coming <laughs> awesome <laughs> we talked a little bit about your spinning wheel and like we've talked about some of the tools and starting off with pencils as you've gone more and more, we like to talk with all the uh, guests on the show. What's that one tool that's kind of been a game changer for you with your creations? You know, like, it still hasn't happened yet. But okay. I want to get the really nice um, Ginger shears. Okay. So there was, um, so my favorite knitting store, which sadly just closed, is... Um, Blazing Needles and Blazing Needles had like a ginger set, but it was like the big shears, smaller shears, and then snippers that are like mm-hmm. just the little pinch snippers that I was like saving up to like buy because it's like they're like two hundred dollars <laughs> or more worth of scissors, yeah. and that would be my my game changer because having like the right sharpness of scissors yep. totally changes. So I have I have several pairs of scissors. Like okay, these are just for the house. This is for cutting food and this is for cutting fabric yeah. <laughs> like he, and if you don't label them it all just gets to shuffle and and then they're not useful yeah i am yeah. i'm strictly aware of the fabric scissors yes. I, i'm not allowed yes. to touch them he knows. although like, yes I, I i've sewn and i've stitched you can get and your own fabric scissors. I, yeah but i cannot touch her fabric scissors. We, have, we have multiple scissors of different like yeah. qualities all over the place for different materials but uh the fabric scissors will be that one of that game changers and um we always like to kind of share those tips with anybody listening or or watching uh, the episode where, hey, you don't need <laughs> dogs making some uh, rustling upstairs. <laughs> you just heard. Um, but you don't necessarily need the highest quality tool to get started. Yeah. And no. so... Um, it's, it's rewinding. I think the, the door, someone dropped something off of the door. Oh, okay, okay. I, did I, heard, the someone, I heard someone knock oh, and totally ring the door, but then they walked away. So I think it was probably just a package. Okay. But now the dog's whining because he heard the door. <laughs> so, that's why we looked a little puzzled there, guys. <laughs> but 
Uh, as far as tools go and starting off, it's not always the highest quality necessary to to get started. And I know there are some people out there that are like, I need the best. I need this. I, and, yeah. and so was there any kind of back and forth with you to kind of like, oh, before I can even get to this point, I need to get these pieces? Or was it like, hey, I'm just going to try and see what happens? Yeah. Just try and see what happens. Like, if this is what you've got to work with, these are the materials you have, just go for it. Mostly because at least you have, like, that blank canvas to start with, and then you can process, like, okay, this fabric doesn't work, or this material doesn't work, I need something better, like a higher quality, but at least you've already made, like, your prototype, essentially, mm-hmm. out of something cheaper and affordable, and that it's not that big of a deal that you made a mistake. So aside from... Um having that like ideal or game changer tool what is probably your favorite tool that you do have or that you've used oh okay my favorite tool probably my sewing machine (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a brother um so i when i finally decided i was really gonna like go for it because i did the first few mountains were all hand sewn so it was just a lot of a lot of sewing so i'm like okay like i should be able to do like this outline on a sewing machine so i borrowed my sister-in-law's sewing machine and kind of like okay like i got this i could figure this out and then my neighbor moved away and she gave me her sewing machine because she had two so i was like yes my own sewing machine covered in stickers go (laughs) and so that has been a game changer for me to have my own sewing machine so like whatever i do or don't do with it like i feel i feel a little bit more secure that it's not my sister-in-law so i'm not breaking hers so if i break (laughs) mine it's fine like (laughs) yeah so that that was a game changer to kind of do some of the bigger outlines with the sewing machine so i can craft a little bit faster so i try to do an assembly line with cooking, there's a big word or a big phrase, um, mise en place. It's mm-hmm. a French term for everything has its place. So mm-hmm. I, I approach that with the rest of my life. <laughs> and so I try to like do a couple different mountain cutouts and have them all stacked and then go back and decide, okay, like what appliques do I want to add? Do I want to add like more trees? Do I want to add like more embroidery or like how do I want to embellish it a little bit and so I always try to have like one embellishment on one side so then I can do hand sewing that way and then I can um use the sewing machine and then I can get ready for stuffing so that way I can get like four mountains down Mm -hmm. all at the same time because I've kind of uh yeah streamlined it Right. Yeah. Batch sewing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we take the same approach with a lot of the stuff we make for yep. our Etsy store. Chrissy takes the yeah. same approach yep. with a lot do of the Do all the cutting, then and do stuff. all the, you know, right. surging, then do all the stitching or whatever it may be. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, I mean, it's yeah. Henry Ford created yep. assembly line. It really, it really is. With kind of your process and like, has the culinary side of things in your past helped like kind of... Cr- make this easier of a transition for it, you? It totally does because it's, it's, it's the same approach that like I have like shoe boxes or I have like these are all the red things, these are all the blue things and like these are all the small scraps, these are all the big scraps or like you yeah. just have to kind of organize chaos like we talked about earlier yeah. that like if you have organized chaos and you know where everything is and you can just grab and go. 
And so, same concept. Think about, like, culinary kitchen. You're like, oh, I need the onions. I need the, yeah. the kidney beans. I need yeah. this or whatever for the recipe. And you know exactly where all those pieces are. Right. It makes that assembly line much faster. Totally, for totally. And there's there's times, like, the sewing machine will back up, and then I'm just frustrated. I'm like, okay, I'm done doing that. Let's do some hand sewing and do something else. Yeah. And so, like, it kind of helps having a couple different ideas in line because then I can today's hand sewing and now my hands are too tired so now now it's time for using the sewing machine or now it's just time to take a break and yeah. just be inspired by others like instagram has totally changed the idea of being a small business yeah. because i can see what other people are doing or like how they're marketing their stuff to bounce ideas off for my own stuff and yeah like sometimes you just need that creative outlook like i'm just gonna go sit on my porch and drink a beer and watch my child yeah and that <laughs> so. that's understandable mm-hmm. like we've had the discussion on here uh, me and chrissy's like i'm not one to really feel negative about social media i really do love being inspired by all the yeah. varieties that are out there of artists and stuff i know there's things that can get really funky and not great about social media but if i am engulfing myself at an art show or a market or stuff i'm surrounded by all kinds of other artists I don't get that during the week. And sometimes like just being on Instagram for a little bit of time and seeing what other people are creating is just as much of a like, a oh, yeah, I can make this now, too. I can kind of create. OK, well, I didn't think about that. Let's try that kind of thing. And yeah. that's a really cool aspect to kind of take from just the negatives of social media. So in some cases, <laughs> yeah, it's not all negative. <laughs> it's not all negative. No. And I think it's it's how you interpret how you take it in and how you utilize it as a tool totally. it's and another tool for you to use totally and then when you get like stuck or you just feel like a little down on yourself like reach out to your other makers and be like hey i'm doing this like what's your opinion on like my pricing or on my logo or whatever and like encourage each other to keep creating and keep loving what you're doing because if you don't love it then stop it's <laughs> <That's laughs> very true yeah um you hit on a point there that I, I, I want to always share with people who are watching or listening. Do you have that kind of knowledge, tip, advice for other makers that are potentially getting started or that are maybe in that stuck position of, or not having like a writer or creative block? Like, is there a, a point of advice that you might have for some of the buddy listening? Um... It's like it's like a a multi level question yeah. like on so many levels like oh I think like we have to remind ourselves that like we're enough I'm enough today I'm enough in the next five minutes it's gonna be okay <laughs> like I think you just have to kind of like just take it as as it is and you have to just you know love love life for the whole like I'm creating these out of just sheer passion and like sharing the idea of my child and that brings me a lot of joy to share that with other people and so like if I keep that in mind then I'm gonna be great but if it turns into that this is taking over and I'm not being a good parent then I need to rethink my 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 goals yeah. <laughs> a little bit so it's like I think that you've got to find balance and that's never gonna be the same like mm-hmm. we're all in different always changing as well too. the balance that you give and take will change as you grow with your child as your child gets other hobbies and stuff like that and same with like who who you meet and who you associate with because like we're networking as it is right now like so it's like you've you've helped expand my business for by letting others know and like 
like you do photography, I still need to photograph my stuff so I can put it on my website. And it's like, oh, maybe if I did it here, then I could get better work than me just doing it in front of the trees in my house or the brick wall at the neighbor's house, you know, like, so like you get inspired by each other. And as a parent and as a chef, like you learn that like, you've got to ask for help. And that you should never feel bad about asking for help or asking for a second opinion because it might just not have crossed your idea yet your mind yeah so um let's see if i can make this segue work properly (laughs) creativity (laughs) and massage therapy yeah because that is another thing you do yes (laughs) Um, so my first 10 years right out of high school i did miss i did cooking because i knew that like everyone's got to eat I, I was too nervous to go to college, so it's like, okay, if I can do cooking, I can pay for a second education of, of what I want to do. And eventually I found a massage, and I loved it. I would come back to Utah, and I would get massages from a friend while I was still cooking, and I'm like, oh, this, this is so much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, I, like... I just needed a change of pace and a new a new job and so yeah I've been doing massage therapy for nine years now and absolutely love it. It and it still has that same flow as cooking did where like it's like a dance. I'm not dancing around like eight other people in a small space with hot food, but now I'm dancing around the table. But I'm also thinking more about self-care and self-preservation so that was like a huge turning point for me for crafting and for life that like you have to take time for yourself yeah and if if my hands are my biggest tools for everything (laughs) in life like I better take care of my tools so um so yeah I think massage has has been a huge positive influence on everything that I do to be mindful of how my body is doing is is there uh, um, besides the mindfulness and the awareness of your body? Is there a, a kind of techniques or understanding yes. from massage therapy <laughs> yes. that kind of makes into? So creative? let's pause for one minute. So we've got demonstration. If you guys are watching on YouTube, we brought out <laughs> yeah, some you'll tools have to tune here. In. So. Okay, so. In middle school, I always got in trouble for climbing on the building. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for a parent, and so I was climbing the building. So I did rock climbing a lot. So I've got bouncy balls. Okay. Um, so bouncy balls are fantastic because I'm doing a lot of pinching now. Okay. Where massage, it's open-handed or it's a fist, but I can go all the way up to my elbow. As My whole length of my arm is my main tool for connecting to another person. Okay. But then the rest of my body... Um, so, but with... Doing my mountains, I'm doing a lot more sewing, a lot more hand embroidery, so my hands started to hurt, and I was like, oh no, what do I do? So I remember that I have bouncy balls, and bouncy balls are great to use as a pressure point for your palm Ooh. to roll on the table, like okay. I would for like making bread yeah. or something. Like kneading a, your dough and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and I use bouncy balls a lot on my feet, because when I massage, I'm, I'm always barefoot. Okay. Because I want to feel really grounded, that I'm not going to like slip or slide. Okay, because I've used little, like, they're kind of like tennis balls, but a little bit smaller. It's like a hard, like, hand ball type ball to roll my feet on as well so i love i love bouncy balls balls for the hands i'm totally gonna use that the other thing like (laughs) my your thumb is like the biggest hand muscle and that's the one that i struggle with because i'm pinching and i'm holding fabrics together so you can take two bouncy balls and you put one on the back and one on the, the palm and you're just pinching and it's not a lot of pressure but like it's a hard ball and it'll it really gets in there to really do some pressure points. 
Yeah, you know, I was to say that's like the pressure point that's recommended for my migraines and everything. Yeah, Jared right gets migraines. In that kind of spot. And so, yeah. And, and we forget that like to open and close our hands and to use our digits, that it's all coming from our forearms. Yeah. All of those tendons have to go up. So if they go up, then like we have to do hand stretching. So I use the wall or mm-hmm. I get on the ground to really stretch my That's forearms. And you can still take that bouncy ball and do more pressure into your upper forearms. And so then I can kind of play the piano and you can feel it. Like the air piano. Yeah, the air piano. <laughs> yeah. You, can feel it, you can feel the tendons where yeah. I'm smashing them with the, the bouncy ball for a few seconds. Yeah, and that's something you've taken from another outlet and yeah. brought it into and understood, hey, these are the things that are like going to make me more comfortable with my like yeah. crafting side of things yeah and so i think that's again we talk about it on the show that <laughs> we've got the dog thing, looking you at saw the, the ball, ball. <laughs> did you see the ball i'm sorry um, that one's not for you um but that's an, a thing we've talked about on the show in the past with other people is taking experiences from past things you've got yourself into learned educated yourself and how they apply nowadays with what you're doing at this point in time yeah and that growth and like using old techniques maybe and so that's a really cool kind of crossover between your massage therapy and Mm -hmm. your actual like crafting side of things and how you kind of again aware of your body aware of what kind of effect this is having on you both mentally and physically because i know that there are grandmas that knit and can knit (laughs) but like think about it like if they knew certain things early on hey maybe in their like hundreds they're still knit in a way instead of feeling fragile and stuff like that but i think that's a really cool perspective to have with the crafting with the massage therapy and also your culinary experience as well bringing that into the crafting world and how that kind of manipulates all of it to what you have here today for your show side of things when you're at shows you're showing off the spinning wheel and all your stuff you still have some we've talked six six shows under your belt now is there some tips or some like advice you have for people that are thinking about getting to shows that maybe you've run into or you've learned and maybe they can kind of learn a little bit uh before they get themselves into that um so big cottonwood canyon flea market is an outside show up in the mountains so for one it gets really cold early morning and then it warms up midday so i always wore dresses up there because they were so much easier to to layer so i could put tights on and then i could put tall socks on and then i could put leg warmers on <laughs> and so it was just easier to like dress up and dress down if I'm doing an outside show and that way that made a lot of difference for me. So it it wasn't, it wasn't awkward. I didn't have to like run to the bathroom and change. Like I could just. That, that is Mm -hmm. a huge tip. Yeah. That's great. For people out there. Like a lot of people don't necessarily think about how they're feeling comfortable throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And so guys, like that's a huge thing. Like me and Chrissy, like just our experience of being outdoors, hiking, like camping, all the stuff. It's always about a proper kind of layering and comfort. And so we're kind of aware, but for anybody starting and not thinking of that through, that's a huge like it is because if you're not comfortable, your your people that are buying are gonna tell that you're not comfortable, yeah. and then it's they're gonna be more hesitant to buy. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. you're not so, you're not comfortable. Yeah, and so kind yeah. of like again, getting into that whole core of understanding your body and knowing yourself yeah. is gonna uh, 
bring more positive vibes to your overall show with uh, experience. But huge, great tip on that side of things. Future-wise for Woolly Mountain, what does it look like? Are you doing more shows, more creations, more like online stuff what's the big so big did, picture for you when i launched so last year i did a really really small show um my friend the jeweler um jay perez jewelry i think i got that right Ooh, sorry jamie <laughs> um but yeah she kind of introduced me to some of the shows that she felt more comfortable with or shows that like she felt like would reflect well with what i'm selling and so it was nice to do like a really small one and kind of just get my foot in the door because Talking to other people can be a little scary. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. So take a breath, smile, and then talk to people or take another breath. <laughs> it's okay. Like, there's no need to rush. And if you're truly, like, passionate about what you're doing, it shouldn't be hard t- to talk about. <laughs> and so... Oh, um, I don't know. <laughs> I lost it. What are your plans for Willie Mountains in the future? Oh, so um, there's a big fiber fair that's the beginning of each year. Like in, I think it's in like May, April, May. And it's um, the Great Basin Fiber Show. And I didn't know that I had to apply this year for next year. So I missed it this year. Yeah. So I have, I did go to the show and I have talked to them. And so I'm really excited to do that one next year because it's all about fiber there so that will be really really fun yeah to do that awesome um but yeah i think like when i initially started my my business i did launch a website but nothing was on it like it had like a basic logo a basic phone picture that wasn't great but like i put something out there because i wanted to be able to say that like okay this is how you take care of your product after you buy it that like if someone had further questions or still wanted to reach out to me for for custom work or for more work or whatever, like you still have to have a way f- for them, for your client to take home that information. So I just put the website up and just kind of just did a really brief thing. So it was just there. And then I've been able to work on it as in between shows and other things. So sometimes if you don't have all the things, it's okay. Like yeah. some is better than none because the main thing is you want to have that connection, that verbal ability to communicate. Yeah. And so we're perfect segue here. I'm, I think I'm, I'm hitting these segues. Perfect. <laughs> what is that website that people can go look and Woolly find? Woollymountains.com. <laughs> and... My Instagram is Woollymountains. <laughs> awesome. So awesome. <laughs> guys, if you guys are in the Utah area, come check out uh, what Woolly Mountain, what Katie's doing with all of mm-hmm. the creations she has. Uh, and also like massage therapy. You also, that's another thing you're yes. offering as well. <laughs> that's CatherinePewMassage.com. <laughs> but definitely like this is a very cool, a unique thing that I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything Mm-mm. like it at all the shows we've done is this kind of style of what you're creating. And I think it's very cool. And I think you've seen a positive impact from people yeah. already like over the uh, shows you've done. And it's been great to see and hopefully we see a lot more come yes, from you in the future. Absolutely. Okay. But um, guys, this has been a really uh, awesome show and a completely different conversation I thought we were going to go with uh, just because <laughs> there's so much we learned about you. And um, check out everything Katie is doing. Uh, this has been really great information about kind of being aware of your body and mm-hmm. like everything that you create and be aware of that. Her whole concept of using every piece of 
recycled yes. material here and creating from stuff before it goes to landfill, we can really get behind. But we appreciate everything you guys are doing on your guys by watching, liking, subscribing, commenting on the show here. But uh, we want to just say thanks and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>